we'll give a little grunt this week. Good morning, Superflex City. We are back and we are still dancing in the city. I am here with at the third Mike. Mike, Ter- how do you say your last name? I feel like I'm just going to butcher the crap out of it. As long as yeah. we've known each other, I'm embarrassed to even freaking ask you that. Don't be, man. Don't be there. You would. Your mind would be blown with how many, or maybe not, with how many people mess up my last name that know me. It's Talanko. Talanko. Don't overthink it. It's like (laughs) Tablanko. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's how I'm going to remember it. (laughs) I like the grunt, by the way. It's a very master P of you. Yeah. (laughs) Nailed it. And that's what we're doing, man. We're back talking about some music. Mike has the 102. I do. In the Prince division, which I freaking love. <laughs> I don't know if I wanted to start here, but I mean, what, what, uh, was that your first choice? What were your first choices? First and second no. choice? No. Uh, strangely enough, my first choice was Slayer, which might make some people be like, Prince, okay. Uh, but I just, I was hoping to get some metal in there and I figured some people would probably put Slayer in there. Apparently not. Um, but so no uh, Slayer division. No Slayer division, unfortunately. Okay, wow, I'm almost Man, surprised. The puns would be great for me, uh, but it's yeah. okay. <laughs> like, yeah, well, uh, we can still use them. Yeah, well, you know, uh, the positive side is there is a ridiculous amount of uh, Prince gifts, and uh, the album covers will be easier to work with when I'm playing around and being silly during the draft. No, was that so, your second choice? Yeah, Prince was totally my second choice. Nice. Yeah, Got to love you some Prince. Yeah, and th- that's <laughs> such a huge range of music. And Mike, I've known you a long time. We've we may have. St- I mean, I know we're we've been in leagues together. We talked a lot yeah. on Fantasy Life app back in the day. I feel like part of our relationship began within a fantasy community, but talking about music. To be completely yeah. honest with you, or it maybe brought us closer quicker i mean and then it was not long after that you started messing around and doing things for fantasy football breakdown the godfather board bets but i feel like you're one like when john and i decided to do this you instantly came to mind like there's no way i can't do this series and not get Mike on here because I, I mean, for me, and I mentioned yesterday with John, I don't think there's too many other things that like are such a personal part of my life as like music, fantasy football and fantasy. And it all falls into line. And I feel like you're sort of similar to that. Like what has music meant to you kind of in your life and growing up? You know what I mean? Cause I, I can tell how important it is to you. Yeah. I'm just, um, I, you can probably hear my smile in my voice right now, but I'm um, I'm smiling because I just thought like to myself, like, man, if music was a drug, like I'd have a serious problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it's just meant so much to me. You know, I I told a story the other day to one of my coworkers that like, you know, when when everybody else was in camp, right? Like it's summertime right now, so you remember summer camp, right? This is like everybody else is in camp and they're like, they're like, let's sing uh, Ring a Bamboo or like, let's sing Father Abraham or that sort of thing. Clap along, kids. Like I was the one who was like, nah, I ain't doing that, bro. That's not what we do in my house. Like, cause you go, uh, I would go back home, right? And my parents are jamming like everything from like Queen to like, um, to like, Patty LaBelle to like, they'd, they'd be playing like, uh, you know, just everything in between, like some old school country, like real old school country, like not like, like 90s stuff, but like even, even beyond, um, 
like Patsy Cline. My mom's a big Patsy Cline fan. She got me hooked on uh, James Taylor. And, um, you know, I, I, they even to the point where they like, my parents were both like not really all about rap. So of course, because they hate it, like I check that out too. Um, like, so I, I just I had such a ridiculous mix of influences and it all started with my parents just like my dad would just put like a yes album on and like crank that five cd changer volume like all the way up like here here we go um and it would be like yes all day um but no it was it's just crazy man like and and that's just kind of how i am too even with my kids like i'll just play all kinds of random stuff and like and let them enjoy it yeah yeah. Like, and, and I love that you mentioned your kids and letting them enjoy it. And because oh, yeah. recently, like that's one of my favorite things is like living vicariously through my kids and listening to them kind of get into music. And some of our old music now or like my son has been upset because I'm like singing a song that's his song. <laughs> And I'm like, dude, I've been listening to that for 20 freaking years. Like, here's the CD that I bought, like, in high school. You know what I mean? Like, so long ago. Like, that's not your song, my man. Like, but he'll, and so it's awesome to, like, see them pick up on some of that. And I know some of its influences from me and always kind of, like, having a, open because i mean man you mentioned you listening to queen like my kids have listened to queen my kids have listened to stevie wonder they've listened to the deftones you know what i mean they've listened to Nirvana. they've listened to all the 90s grunge that um as you know is like a staple of my music life Um, oh yeah and and i remember the same thing like you like i remember listening to like same bands you mentioned, like even Eric Clapton, Creedence Clearwater, Crosby, Stills, mm. Nash and Young, the Eagles, like Desperado was a huge part of my my childhood, like to the point where another strange and powerful thing about music is like, I don't like the song Desperado anymore because to me, all it brings back are these weird, like drunken memories of my parents mm. listening to this song on like full blast to the point where you're <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? Like I'm supposed to be studying and you know what I mean? Like, so there's like this other weird side of music. Like there does become songs that are good songs, yeah. but they're just not good for you anymore. Does that make yeah. sense at all to you? Yeah, it does. You were supposed to be uh, studying, and they they didn't come to their senses, right? <laughs> yeah, just a sloppy, drunk mom. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, mom, you did it. You should be the one apologizing. Yeah, you know uh, that was the thing. Like, if you couldn't hear it all the way at the end of the street, like my dad wasn't playing it loud enough. Uh, so, so yeah, it didn't matter. It didn't matter had, what like, it was. Big ass, like bulky yeah. speakers, and yeah. I had the added plus two of having a, a, a uncle that was younger and like who played in a band and who would be around all the time and who like really liked hanging out with the kids and like doing music with them too. Like myself and all my cousins, like we'd go to his house sometimes and just fool around and, and like uh, have our own like private karaoke or, or like play around on instruments and whatnot. And, like, um, Oh man, I remember some music is important for me too, right? So I remember one of the first times that um, I hung out with my my wife, like after we were like officially dating. Um, we, I was like, "Do you want to go watch my uncle play at this like you know this just local place or whatever?" And and 
you know, middle of nowhere, Ohio. And she's like, sure. Yeah. And so I get there. Right. And he knows that I've only been dating her for like, like maybe a month at this time. And, uh, and we're there and we're hanging out and we're watching him play. And he goes, Hey, Michael, have you been practicing? Come on up here. Come, come sing. Uh, and I'm like, Oh my God, no. <laughs> like, um, like, I think I sing okay. And apparently he does too. He wouldn't put me uh, up there if he didn't, if he thought I was hot garbage. Uh, but you know, he just started, he, he was like, you'll know what we're playing as soon as we go. And, and I hear like, machine head by Bush. Right. And I'm like, all right, let's do this. Um, and just, I, I start hitting the breathe in, breathe outs and going through it. And I was like, he just made me look like a boss in front of this girl that I just started dating. Like, like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And now you're married to her and showing yeah. your kids music. Now she's like, turn that shit down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, I yeah i'm gonna avoid the jokes so, so, but uh yeah you know uh so at what I, age did you kind of start playing instruments oh man uh probably six or seven i started playing the piano sister margie uh, at, at St. Martin of Tours Catholic School taught me how to play piano for like two or three years before she changed parishes. Um, she was amazing. Loved Sister Margie. Probably the nice. nicest nun. Nicest nice nun. Sister Margie. That's right. <laughs> nicest that. nun easily at that school. <laughs> Never swung a ruler at me. So, <laughs> so hanging out with her was really cool. And then after she switched parishes, they didn't have somebody else do it. So I just kind of played around on my own for a bit. And then uh, high, like late high school, early college, I picked up I picked up bass and a little bit of guitar and uh, picked it all back up uh, during quarantine too, and was amazed at how much I actually remember, you know, how to do. So the, the Cliff Burton influence <laughs> came out by high school, and you wanted to play that bass guitar <laughs> yeah. like a lead guitarist. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I I can definitely do all the slaps and the plucks and everything you you want me to do on the bass. I'm no, I'm no less Claypool, like. <laughs> right. I, I don't know if anybody is a less play pool. We've mentioned like a, a pretty broad area of like ages now with in that music. And so I think for you, obviously it happened all before like teen angst and you get into some of that stuff, <laughs> yeah. like the music that sticks with you from those 15 to 20 year old mm. area, I think ends up being very important to the rest of our lives for whatever reason. But let's take it back a little further further than that like yeah what was the first cassette tape or the music that you first remember purchasing as your own music okay the first one i actually remember purchasing not a gift um purchasing is probably i i had this weird thing for back cataloging you know, i mean if it's a gift no no you no, know, no when no. you asked for it that could count yeah sorry no, you're good. Uh, I asked for Pearl Jam 10 and I got it. Uh, that was the first one I got gifted to me. U2's War came to me that, that year as well, too, which had Sunday, Bloody Sunday. And were I think these tapes? Uh, no, those were, those were CDs um, for sure. Um, I, I just missed the threshold for, for getting like a fresh, fresh tape, although I did make plenty of mixtapes. I, talk I did about that if you want that with like Pearl Jam <laughs> 10 in that that timeline. Ten. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 10, 10 was it. Uh, I, I love that album. And of course, my uncle, who I talked about, like was a big Pearl Jam fan. So that's an influence as well. But um, yeah, that that was really big for me, uh, that album. And the first one I remember purchasing that my parents let me buy was um, Pretty Hate Machine by Nine Inch Nails. Um, 
and I was too old to buy it like when it was brand new, but I had heard some of their stuff and, and uh, already like got myself into back cataloging before like getting the things that are, that are recent at an early age, which is a, which is a real horrible addiction um, to back catalog artists, unless you uh, just enjoy spending money uh, until at least like Napster came along. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember the first time seeing Trent Reznor and nine inch nails mm-hmm. in a video. Yeah. Um, and I think it was probably pig, right. On like a headbangers. Probably. Ball. And it was just that all white, hey, everything pig. was white. Yeah. And, yeah. and then March of the Pigs came on and I was just like, mm. oh my God. Like, yes, uh, that, that song there sold me to be completely honest with yeah. you. And so my, my, my nine inch nails experience started probably later than some people's to be completely honest with you. And it, but, and I know that it was that video and headbangers ball and man, kids today need a headbangers ball like i don't think (laughs) like people understand like how influential like headbangers ball was and how much we looked forward to that even if you like you could be at home alone and i still knew that i was sitting there watching it with my best friend across town i knew you know what i mean like and we were experiencing it together and we were going to talk about it later and it was that important to us you know what i mean to catch those shows on friday night yeah uh, I think that, you know, I w- my first thought was there's metal TikTok is pretty serious, but but it's not the same. Right. And like YouTube, you can find like YouTube stuff. But the thing about Headbangers Ball, right, is that you could be watching MTV for, you know, R.E.M. or Paula Abdul or whoever. And then like, you know, this comes on and you're like, oh, OK. All right. And like if they catch you with like a good hook on the first song, like, hey, it's a new dimension in your life. And you don't normally get that right with with the way that content is purveyed today. It's it's given to you yeah. based on like what you already like. Um, and I, I think that's one of the big drawbacks to people getting into music now, which is why like I why I expose my kids to so much. They my uh, three year old or sorry, he's four now. My four year old loves listening to either uh Del the funky homo sapiens sometimes on the way home from daycare or um, sometimes we'll put on green jelly, uh, their version of nice. three little pigs. Yeah. Nice. yeah that's crazy. <laughs> like you remember he, when he, they were green jello? Yes. Like they're, and then they had to, like, I have the, like an yeah. old green jello tape somewhere before they had like to the change the green jelly. Yeah. Over the, Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's uh man, and that's what's so crazy about music. Just I don't know, just how you can share it too. Like it's not oh, just yeah. yours. Like it's still a little bit more fun when you share it. A hundred percent. Mike, you have the one oh two. What you gonna do? Do you have, have you have you been thinking at all about this? Uh yeah, the one oh two chat is really hopping with a lot of a lot of upset tummies over the the third round reversal and yeah. <laughs> and trying to figure out like you got to make a pick that's going to make an impact on your roster at at 102 because that's your big chance um yeah so there's Can a lot of talk about like the fact that you you get your two early picks mm. or yeah. early early you know you get your early pick then the late second pick mm. any any does that impact your choice to go quarterback knowing that you're third pick is now later than ever for a 102 yeah that's one of the things that's been sitting in my stomach is like i know i have to get a qb 
within these first couple of rounds or it is going to be a nightmare. Um, yeah. And the 102, you know, uh, a lot of banter, uh, and I've been part of this banter too about, you know, do you go with somebody like like Kelsey or CMC and just lock down somebody who's really strong in that position? Because the other problem about the 102 is uh, in mocks that I've seen so far, you are going to get dirt at tight end for sure. Um, so, you know, could you could you get that guy who scored more points than everybody in SFB 11 scoring except for six QBs last year, Travis Kelsey? Um, or do you get the person who was a serious monster and scored more points than everybody except for, I think, two quarterbacks in 2019 CMC and just know that, like, you are locked uh, and feeling real good about one of those picks and like kind of figure everything else out afterwards? Or do you get a QB? And the other thing we've been talking about a bunch is what if somebody passes on Mash- Patrick Mahomes at 101? Do you take him? You take him, right? Uh, because yeah. you know that he like, it's amazing. So uh, 101s, you should turn, you should like rewind your life by about like five minutes and not listen to the rest of this. Um, please pass on Patrick. So my life is easy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I mean, I think yeah. the one ones are sitting there now already kind of realizing the disadvantage yeah. it might have because of that reversal. And they're probably yeah. taking a quarterback. Probably. I mean, I would be, but I mean, <clears throat> that's my plan anyway, even at one twelve. you know, like McCaffrey, Falling to one twelve is probably the only thing that could change me <laughs> not taking a quarterback, and I don't well, think yeah. that happens. I get that because at that point, right, there'll be enough other people off the board that, like, if the person you pick at one twelve at a different position other than quarterback, are they going to be a huge difference maker points wise with like the next, you know, the next people down? Probably not compared to what's going to be left over. Um, and that's the big conundrum at 102. It's like, do I do I go chalk and pick a quarterback that I know is going to be really, really good? Or do I take my shot at, at getting somebody who is going to be a huge difference maker in another category um, and know that I'm going to get those points and come back and hope that there's something decent left over at QB at 211? Um, and, and that's maybe what pick I was going to ask. Do you feel like you have to now take a quarterback at 211 if you did not at 102? Yeah, I'm in a mock right now, and we're in the second round, and I think uh, I'm up in a couple picks, and uh, there's not – it's not looking good at at 211, but, like, I I don't really have a choice. Like, people are going to pick their second quarterback. Some might pick their third, and, like, then I'm left with people that I'm like – well, it was real fun, Scott Fishbowl. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. I, I yeah. think the quarterbacks are important, especially with the negative points. That yep, you got to pick for. somebody. You got to pick somebody who you can count on. Um, you know, and, and and while and while I think if you didn't learn that there's quarterbacks that you don't normally count on that you can. Uh, last year, you know, I know you you thumped the drum for for Derek Carr as like a QB two quite a bit last year, and uh, you know, I think that's still probably holds true right he doesn't yeah, make yeah, a, agree. a ton of mistakes like i agree darren he waller catches go it. as late though i could <laughs> like, see him not going as late no. this year same with like kurt cousins and those guys he's he's not the people that are bubbling up in that range at this point uh seem to be kind of kind of sketchier um or you know you have to roll the dice a little bit people like jalen hurts you know you're kind of like you know he probably won't make that many mistakes and he'll hopefully use his legs like it's it doesn't feel as much like a sure thing yeah you've mentioned 
privately to me a little bit of the <laughs> kicker strategy you may be trying to come oh, up with here. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I was thinking about the this. The 112s are kicker strategy, dude. No. F them. <laughs> no, I think I have one league. I have one redraft league other than this one that still exists other than the giving league. And uh, it's my home league is a redraft league. And we, we got rid of defenses and we still have kickers left. And so I'm pouring through kickers, uh, just kind of looking at them. And I'm like, okay, so there's a lot of people in the same scoring bracket, but you have kickers that have a ton of a ton of field goals and like about an even amount of extra points. So you have some with a little less on the field goal range, like maybe five, ten field goals less, but they have just a slew of of touchdown extra points that they kicked. And so my my thought was. You know, I'm going to obviously like everybody's going to look at dome guys. So like they're, they're probably going to disappear for kickers first. But I, I would look at kickers that that have that that decent field goal per, like for percentage and field goal attempts and, and made last year. And then look at those folks uh, who have like a ton of extra points. If, if their score was made up a ton by extra points, even if their offense regresses a little bit, now they're kicking field goals versus extra points, right? Maybe their maybe their red zone is not as good, or you know maybe they get to like the thirty and they're uh, a bunch this year because defenses have stepped up a little bit and had more time to plan. Like these are still solid kickers um, that will still have opportunities, uh, and I and I feel like that's a smart way to play it if you're not like if you don't want to like study kickers super hard. It's a good way to kind of look at it and think about okay, what could naturally happen this year, and how could I still get a kicker that that's going to put up decent points for me uh, without overthinking it. Yeah. I don't hate it. I'm thinking every time somebody (laughs) takes a kicker, it's Mm -hmm. like the angel that makes something cooler fall to me. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's the bell that goes off. (laughs) I get it. But at a certain point with, with uh, what is it? 20 rounds, right? Like there's going to be people that I'm like, do I take a gamble on this person? Uh, ever showing up or do I take a safer play with a kicker that's going to score X, you know, so many points without this within the season. It's just a matter of like which week. Um, no, I don't hate that Mike. Cause I mean, honestly, yeah. I've looked at my last couple Scott fishbowl drafts just out of mm-hmm. curiosity for fun. And um, <laughs> those last two to three picks are usually just dart throws. Like very likely they're not on my team at the end of the year. They're probably the first players I'm dropping for, the first right. and second waiver run like so i hear that i think that's a good point like once you get like even 17 through 20 you're just hoping you grab somebody that's going to even be viable or take a yeah. role quick enough <laughs> where you don't have to drop them you make me so. laugh because i'm just i'm thinking about my thing la- my roster last year and i'm like okay so if this was last year and i had kickers and and i got to this point like okay i have zach Ertz, and we all know what happened but it seemed like a good pick right at the time yeah i'm like i've got zach Ertz. like do i really need cameron Brait? on my team or can I maybe get a kicker who might actually do something this year? Yeah. You know? Um, And I think that's the point where it makes sense, right? Uh, To to maybe take some stabs at kickers. Yeah. Where I was taking like Jarrett Stidham last year. Right. (laughs) I mean, that area, you know, where you're just kind of like, yeah, maybe if Cam does, and we just never saw it. So yeah. Nope. Um, Mike, this has been a lot of fun as usual. Any final thoughts or anything you want to hit them with on the way out? Tell them where to find you, everything you're doing. And dude, I appreciate you. These have been a lot of fun for me so far. So far. 
If I don't I love tell it. you that at the end of the show, it sucked. <laughs> well, good. I know it's good. Uh, unless you edit that out and then it sucks. But, <laughs> but, but no, uh, you can catch me at the third Mike on Twitter. And also I write for at IBT. Well, it's IBT media. I believe it's at IBT underscore media on Twitter. So uh, catch us there. A lot of, a lot of heavy lifestyle and how like how some of these things about life apply to fantasy as well too. And uh, the other thing that I definitely have to talk to you about is the Giving League. Hit me up in my DMs. You get some sweet, sweet promos for being a part of the Giving League this yeah. year. So I got about 20 or 22 spots left and, out of 48. And you get Bob Lung's Consistency Guide, uh, a digital copy of that for just joining. And also a month of Dynasty Nerds for just joining. And they're going to give it to you around draft time. So you're going to get it right when you need it. And then on top of that, if you win one of the four divisions that we have, uh, Dynasty Nerds is going to give you a year free, which is pretty freaking tight. So yeah, that's sweet. Uh, I mean, the consistency guide alone, yeah. I think, is twenty bucks, thirty bucks. I, I don't know to be honest with it's you. It's like fifteen ish on Amazon. I I bought it. Um, okay. It, yeah, because I I just like pouring through it. it yeah, it it's makes got me smile. so much information. <laughs> yeah, it's it really does. I, I like charts, uh, and it's got lots of charts. So if you're a chart person, it's for you. Um, and yeah, it's it's the easiest. The Giving League is the easiest way to turn twenty five dollars to your favorite charity into about twelve hundred dollars for your favorite charity just by winning. That's nice. all you got to do. You come into second place, you get to donate the same amount to um, to a domestic violence shelter of your choice. So. Uh, please join. It's a it's a blast. I make it lots of fun. Uh, do lots of videos with my kids and stuff. It's hilarious. So um, you'll enjoy yourself for sure. Yeah, rocking <laughs> to charity. Yeah, we'll have to get some music I in it this am year. Am at Swagzilla Zero G. This is at Superflex City. John Hogue's going to be doing some of these as well. So you'll hear him and I going back and forth trying to push some out. We want to hear about your music with a little bit of football. We know it's different. Thanks a lot, Mike. Hey, the pleasure's all mine. I'll talk about music anytime somebody wants me to. Yeah, I knew you'd do this one. <laughs> hey, man, Shout out to Zach Reed. Hey, man, gonna build up that brain. Hey, man, it's a show with a plan. They're finding you that it can squeeze in everything they can. A part of me is really sad that I didn't do David Bowie, but I thought it was it was too predictable. I wanted to do Prince. That would have been a good one, too. I, that's how yeah. I, Nirvana was too predictable for me, but I was just like, well, I'm not going to not. But that, dude, there's so many good ones, too, when you look at the divisions and everything that everybody's doing, and you're like, man, I that would have been fun. That would have been fun. Yeah. I don't know, dude. It's it's honestly inspired me to listen to more and more music. Like, yeah, for example, for sure. and we'll get out of here, but yeah. for example, like I ask you what division you're in and you're like, I'm in Prince. And I'm like, well, shit, I want to listen to some freaking Prince. Yeah. Yesterday I started playing back the albums uh, for Prince for the first time in a long time, like uh, first to like most current. And I was like, I forgot how dirty Prince is. <laughs> I'm like, 